Welcome to Bald Business, the naked truth in entrepreneurship. Let's begin. Episode 8, build a team to create the dream. This is going to be the process for creating a great team. Now, if you've been on a, on a sports team, if you've hired people, if you've worked with a team of people, you know that being on a team or creating a team, putting together a team can be fun, it can be exciting, but it also can be stressful, it can be frustrating, it can be borderline or even sometimes annoying. And you know you've probably heard the saying, hire slow, fire fast, right? I mean, yeah, that sounds like a great idea, it's a great theory, like I'm going to take a month or more to hire this person, and then whether they've been here for three weeks or you know, six, 12, eight months, um, I'm going to fire them immediately because I don't like the way they're performing. Much, much, much easier said than done, right? See, most of us, specifically when you're running a small business or you're starting a small business, you know, we're not super consistent about keeping our pipeline full of potential team members. And when people are looking for a job, they usually can't just sit around and wait for weeks or months to take a position, specifically if it's an entry-level position. And I've always gone through my ups and downs, right? Sometimes I'm super productive about hiring uh, or proactive about hiring, and sometimes I'm not. But again, when you're running a small business and things are going well, you don't just consistently have spots available. So, you know, you have X amount of contracts because, you know, that's how many people you have paying you to do work. And you have team members. And if you have enough team members fulfilling all those contracts with a little time left over, you're more focused on bringing in more contracts. You're not really focused on bringing in more team members. Not to say that the team won't grow, but that's just kind of where the focus tends to lie, right? And it's not like it's not like hiring is super easy either, but I do know that the more time that you take on the front end of the process, which we're going to talk about today, the less likely you're going to have quick turnover, uh, whether it's by your choice or their choice. The more practice you have on hiring, growing, and developing a team, the better that you're going to get. Um, and basically today, you know, the way that I created my process is I used boundaries and ideas from others, and then I created what worked for me, which is what I'm going to share with you today. But like Gary Vee says all the time, if you're trying to scale a company fast with lots of team members, you don't need all of them to be A players. So your specific situation might be a little bit different uh, listening today. The very first person that I hired for our uh, personal training company in 2013, we had no process. Okay, so I had hired a couple people before at the big box gym that I was working at, and they had the standard, you know, two to three, maybe four interviews before you got brought on or before you even got an offer to be brought on. So it was a pretty lengthy uh, hiring process. And, you know, people would just get lost in that, and it just seemed like to take too long. And so this very first person that we hired, we, we had no process. We were, we were basically training out of an open gym setting where any trainer could come in, pay rent, see clients. Uh, there was a guy there a little bit younger than us, very polite, very professional. Uh, many times in between clients, we would just talk, joke, share ideas, whatever, right? And my business partner and I at the, at the time were looking for a space um, to rent out because we were going to move into our, our own space. We were going to you know, create our own brand. We are going to do our own things. And we were going to stop paying rent um, in this you know, decent-sized gym where multiple trainers uh, were coming in, different brands, different ideas, different philosophies, all these things. Um, 
And so him and I talked because we were picking up a decent number of clients every single month. And we thought, you know, this guy seems to have his, his, his stuff together. Um, you know, maybe he'd like to join our team. And he only had a couple clients at the time. So really what we could provide him was opportunity and stability uh, in the industry, which was one of the things that we wanted to be able to provide for trainers anyways. So one day we sat down with him uh, just out on the gym floor and we told him our plans. We said, look, man, we're getting out of here. We're leaving. We're taking all our clients. We're opening a gym. This is what it's going to look like. It's going to have an office. We're going to have a big warehouse for the, for the workout space. Um, you know, would you be interested in joining us, working for us on our team? And, you know, after thinking it over for a little bit and talking, he's like, yeah, yeah, that'd be great. I think that's a great idea. Uh, so we put together an offer for him, gave him a percentage of basically anyone that we would give him. Um, and then we allowed, we allowed him to keep the couple of clients that he did have to work with. He just had to do it under our brand. Um, everything was great. We were all excited. We were all moving forward. A couple months later, we move into the new space. Uh, we successfully move all of our clients that we picked up at the at the open gym setting uh, at the other place over to our new location. We picked up a couple of clients. Um, if you listen to any any of my other podcasts, or especially the one about opening our first uh, business, you know that the six the first six months was pretty rough. Um, but then things kind of started to turn. Right, every new person that came in, we were basically giving to um, our new trainer. And being a small team of three, we obviously worked very close together each and every day. You know, we gave him a lot of resources, a lot of pointers, things that we really wanted to do to make sure that we were wowing the clients. Uh, and at this point, between my business partner and myself, we had clients who had been working with us for three plus years straight, never missing a workout, moved with us from one location to another location to another location. This was probably our fourth location that they had followed us to. Um, so we had the customer care part down, right? We were we were instilling that in him. We were trying to teach him about customer care, how to take care of your clients, how to make sure you're going above and beyond, how to how to serve them at a level um, that keeps them coming back. And then one day, I noticed that he had had a handful of cancellations all in one week. Now, that every once in a while, randomly, you'll get a lot of cancellations. If you're in any type of business where everything is appointment based, you know what you know what I'm talking about. But I asked him about it just because I wanted to make sure that everything was okay. You know, he gave me the usual story about how this happened with one client, this happened with another client. Uh, I gave him, gave him some advice, and I, I let it go. Uh, a couple weeks later, I noticed that he was going through a workout with a client, and the entire workout, because remember, we're all on the same workout floor together, right? The entire workout, they hardly exchanged a single word between each other. Now, if you're with someone for an entire hour, just one-on-one, -on -one. unless the client has asked for silence, which has happened before. Um, so, it, you know, it is a little different, but it has happened before. Unless the client asks you to not talk to them or asks you not to distract them from the sets and the reps and the mundane of just getting the workout done, like it's just odd to not have some type of conversation going back and forth. So I called the client uh, a couple hours after the session, and she mentioned to me that she was super disappointed because he, you know, he hadn't helped her with nutrition. He um, had just seemingly, slowly but surely, seemed disinterested in her progress and in her workouts. And she'd done the same workout over and over and over, and she just overall wasn't happy. So I sat down with him. I talked to him about it, and you know, he said, "Oh, you know, I'm really sorry. I've just been really busy." Um, he was doing uh, two other jobs which weren't paying him. They were kind of volunteer things that he was doing, which is fine. 
Um, not a big deal, but you know, I just told him, I said, Hey, I said, we've, we've got to make sure we're taking care of clients. This is kind of what we've been trying to teach you and talk to you about. And I'm, I'm, you know, I'm a believer that mistakes happen, right? So I do give him a verbal warning since it's a direct complaint from a client. Um, and it wasn't the first concern that I had seen. And I was getting, starting to get a feeling that this wasn't going to be the last time I was going to hear about this. So a few more weeks goes by. And I end up having to give him a written warning because he no call, no shows a client. Just no excuse, no reason, no heads up, just nothing. Um, he calls later and he says, oh, I ran over. Uh, he was coaching a team at the time. Um, I can't remember what sport exactly, but he said, oh, I, I ran over coaching and I just didn't get a chance to call. And then shortly after that came the final straw. Now, keep in mind. Always, 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 you can ask anyone that knows me, I always give people the benefit of the doubt. I have to have hard evidence of something before I'm even going to say anything accusatory. I'll, I'll dig, I'll ask questions, I will try to push and pry if I really think there's an issue or concern, but I'm not going to say anything that would accuse you of something unless I have like concrete evidence, because I believe that we're all humans, we all make mistakes, so everyone should get more than one chance, period. Usually, in my case, too many chances. Um, maybe it's a weakness. I'm not sure. I haven't decided yet. But the final straw was really two things, two major things. He had no call, no showed a client, then canceled that client pretty much right before their session the same week. So like on a Monday, they had a session, no call, no showed. Oh, sorry, this happened. On a Wednesday, five minutes before their appointment, they were already in the parking lot hey, I'm not going to make it today. Can we reschedule? Can we do a different day? Whatever, whatever. We had a very strict policy on canceling clients more than uh, 24 hours, or excuse me, less than 24 hours in advance. The second thing was for almost two weeks, which I obviously found this out through digging, asking clients, targeting clients for two weeks, he was late multiple times. No apologies to the clients, um, I had to ask the clients to find out about it. When I approached him about it, he wasn't forthcoming. He wasn't completely honest about it. So ultimately, that fateful day came, right? My business partner and I decided, look, um, it's in the best interest of the company. It's the best interest of what we're trying to do. We're a small three-person team. We've all got to be on the same page. We've got to be serving at the same level. We're going to ask him to move on. Now, I cannot stress to you enough I know this is going to be a stressful situation, right? And in these situations, the only thing that I ask, because I give, I give respect. You are a person. I respect you. That's all I ask for in return is respect. So we sit down. We deliver the news. And uh, obviously, we're offering to help him make this as easy as we can. Um, and he just looks at us, and he he's refuses. He says, something along the lines of, no, I, you know, I'm not being fired or you're not letting me go. You, you're, you can't let me go. And I said, well, you know, we feel like that at this time, it's, it's, in, our, it's, it's in our best interest for all of us if we just agree to both move on. Um, you know, you, ha you have a lot of side projects going on. You have uh, a new job that you're about to start because he had just picked up a, a fourth thing that he was about to be doing because um, he needed more income, which was completely fine. Um, but we just said, you know, Based on the fact that you are so distracted and we have tons of documentation sitting right here from your client stating, you know, you haven't been doing this, you haven't been doing that, you have multiple warnings, 
uh, multiple write-ups, you know, the clients just aren't happy. It's time to make a change. And he sits there for a second and he thinks about it and then he starts in. I'm the best trainer in town. How could you, you know, how could you do this to someone who has kids? You're never going to find anyone better than me. You're making a huge mistake. I'm going to prove it to you. And then he started arguing a case, right? Well, why couldn't you at least give me a two weeks notice? Or why couldn't you do this? Or why couldn't you do that? And I looked at him and I simply said, look, this isn't a discussion. This is a decision that has been made. And I'm really sorry, but we've we've got to we, we've got to move on. And then he got super mad. He got super upset. He pushed his separation paperwork across the table at us. He grabbed his things. He slammed some doors and he left. Now, there are many things we could talk about here, right? We could talk about maybe it was all over my face that I was getting agitated which made him even more upset, which made him act out. And we could talk about how I've learned to control those things. And we could talk about how um, potentially from his perspective to handle a situation like that um, so that, you know, if you don't agree with the decision that has been made, how do I handle it as the person on the other side of the table, you know, who's being let go, who's being forced out. But I really just want to stay focused today on building a team and, and how do you do that? Because Sometimes it's trial and error, but you have to build a team to create the dream, right? Now, when we had hired him, we barely knew him. We spent more time talking about our vision, our purpose, what we wanted to do, and what we were wanting out of the position than really we talked about anything else, which probably inadvertently was pumping him up, not really helping him understand the expectations of the position, right? We had no process. We had no structure. Uh, we did this pretty much for the next two, three people that we hired um, who all ended up quitting on their own terms. But we knew we had to figure something out. Then we started taking too long, right? We would, we would start an interview process. We would follow that um, whole thought process of hire slow, fire fast. But, you know, I would then come to realize that hire slow does not mean take a month to make a decision on a candidate. What it means is to be thorough with your interview process. Get to know them. Them get to know you. The, them get to know the company. Them get to understand and know the expectations so that both parties, you, the person hiring, and the person accepting the position can make a proper decision about whether or not we're a good fit for each other, whether or not we want to work with you, right? Because remember, you're trying to build a team. The team has to work together to reach the common goal. I will say that the more time you spend interviewing, the more time you spend meeting with people or talking to people, you're going to be able to get a better read on them as well. So kind of sort of a gut feeling on whether or not they're a good fit. Some people are naturally better at gut feelings. Um, it's something that I've learned over time because I'm a very logical thinker. So I try to think um, logically and, and not emotionally. So sometimes I ignore uh, my gut instinct what it's telling me. So I've had to kind of learn how to use that a little bit more. You should still have a process. Like it doesn't matter how your gut is telling you, you should have a process simply for the fact that if they don't feel like that it's a good fit after going through this process, then they can go away before they decide in three months that it's not a great fit for them. And then they move on. Okay. Now this was not the person, the first person, person or the last person, uh, I guess I should say, that I had to let go. 
Um, I had to let go of people who were my friends. Uh, I had to turn down people who wanted jobs and opportunity who are my friends. Because what you can't forget is when building a team, it's what's best for the team and the people they are serving or helping. Not what's best for your level of comfort. Not what's best for what you think might be cool or fun, but what's best for the team. And with that being said, there was a, about a two-year time period where the combination of our hiring process, being able to read people, develop people, inspire them, helped us keep the same team for two years straight. Pretty much nothing changed with that team over about a two-year period. Not every single person that you hire or want to hire is going to work out, and that's just the reality of the situation. But you can get to a point to where you are steadily bringing in people who fit the mold okay, of what you need and, and where they want to be. So build a team to create the dream. Building a team is important because you have weaknesses. I have weaknesses. You have weaknesses. We all have weaknesses. You need people whose strengths cover your weaknesses, and together you do something awesome. Together you do something great. And, you know, maybe you're thinking, well, you know, my business is really just a one-man show. Is it, though? Is it really just a one-man show, or is it a one-man show because you're afraid to grow it any bigger because of the unknown, like what might happen? Like what if you build a small team of two or three, replaced yourself, only gave up a small portion of the revenue, giving you more time to create more opportunities or to spend it doing whatever you want. But here's the one thing that you can't forget, right? A lot of people tell me, oh, I'm just a, I'm a, I'm just a one-man show, really. But they have virtual assistants, or they have an assistant, or they have someone who does, you know, um, their, their phone calls or their scheduling or whatever. A team of two is still a team. You still work together to reach a common goal. So what do I suggest, right? What are my tips for hiring, for building a team? Now note, this is not something that is just about hiring people for a paid position. Building a team is building a team. If you're looking for volunteers, if you're looking to build a team to launch a new idea or a new business, it all works the same way, okay? I believe the process should have three major parts, and they should simply be this. Number one, a pre-interview task. One task, two tasks, three tasks, it doesn't really matter, but at least one pre-interview task. This is simply enough about seeing how quickly they get work done. How bad do they want the opportunity? How bad do they want the job? How interested are they in this job? Um, I used to post for a position. So I'd post, say, hey, I've got a position available. This is what the job entails. I would get 30 candidates. 15 to 20 would want to schedule an interview. 8 to 10 would show up. 2 to 4 would be worth my time. So now I eliminate more than half of that right up front by giving them something to do. My task is a one- to two-minute video answering simply enough what do you believe about fitness and why do you think you'd make a great trainer at our company? Simple and easy. I also tested things like a paragraph or a, a, a two or not a two page, but like a two or three paragraph write up or even a case study, uh, which I would actually recommend, especially if this person is um, not customer facing. But in our case, they're customer facing all the time. And if you don't have at least a little bit of a personality, it's going to be hard to do business in personal training, in fitness coaching, especially in groups. Um, so having this task in place, 
right? So once they applied, they would get an email and a text giving them instructions on how to start the interview process. To start the interview process, they had to complete the task. Now I would get 30 applicants and I would get two to four completed tasks, saving me about 10 or more hours every single time I hired someone. So pre-interview tasks are a must for building a great team. The second thing that you need to do to build a great team is focus your interview questions on what they believe about life or the specific thing you are hiring them for. And this is what I mean. We would focus everything around their belief in fitness and what their idea of our core values was. So fitness can be a pretty gray industry, right? And a lot of fads, a lot of fads. And what we didn't want is, you know, I don't want to have to tell someone or talk someone out of why they should, shouldn't be making 60 year old Mary do the keto diet. I don't want to have to do that. Right. Um, you can do whatever you want when it comes to asking questions, but I did not want to have to sell someone on why our way of health coaching was better. So a lot of our questions uh, involved or revolved around what do you believe about fitness? What works? What doesn't work? If you decide to make your questions about life experiences, that's fine because you're going to be sh- you're going to be surprised about how many people will show things about themselves and their belief system if you just ask. So an example would be if you're trying to build a positive culture and you're interviewing someone who says literally every negative thing in the book, you probably don't want to hire that person. Unless, of course, it's part of your process to change their core beliefs. Um, But I will mention, I like candidates who ask lots of questions. And because of that, I try to make an in-person interview as much of an open dialogue conversation as I possibly can. I hate when it's just like ask, answer, ask, answer, ask, answer. So if I can tell that they're nervous in the beginning, I will just I'll start with some small small talk and then work them into it, asking the questions in a way that gets them thinking and asking their own questions, right? So following up my question with a question of their own. So number 1, pre-interview tasks, number 2, focused questions around their belief system on the specific thing that they're doing and or their belief system about life, Um, you know, what they believe about life in general. Number three, post-interview task. So after the first interview, if you want them to advance, have them take a personality assessment or um, quiz or something similar Um, see how and where they fit in the best with your team. Do they bring things to the table that you really, really need? Or are they bringing something to the table that you already have three or four or five of, right? Now, this is what I will say. You cannot do this step. You cannot do this step with a personality assessment or quiz if you and your entire team have not done this. I mean, obviously you can, but it's not going to work. Um you're really doing it to compare how they work together, right? And so I do absolutely 100% recommend if you have not or you're not using a personality assessment or a quiz with you and your team, um, I would start using those immediately and feel free to shoot me an email or uh, hit me up on social media and I can send you some links to some awesome ones. I've done several of these myself um, because I love doing them. I love learning and seeing how I change and progress over the years. And it's just super helpful even for me knowing how to capitalize on my strengths and how to improve my weaknesses. 
So it's definitely something that I recommend. So if you really want to bring them on after post-interview task, right? So let's say you do the pre-interview task. They do great. You ask, you know, all the right questions. They're super solid, super personable, you know, depending on your industry, depending on what you're looking for, what you need. You give them a post-interview task. Then let's say you bring them in, right? Or you want to bring them on. I invite them in. I ask them a couple more clarifying questions just to make sure that I'm really ready to offer them the job, and I offer them the job. Like, I rarely do second interviews, especially full interviews, unless I have limited opportunities and multiple people who are really standing out. Now, with that being said, I feel like I've still hired slow because of the process, not because of the time, right? It did not take me a ton of time, but the process is in-depth. The process makes them check things off. It makes them do jobs, basically, and it gets them to know about me, my my company, my culture, and same thing for us. We get to know about them, their company, or not their company, but their culture, their belief system, you know, what they believe about the job that they're being hired to do. Many times finding a team, getting people on board, keeping them bought in, motivated, inspired, and moving forward is hard and it's frustrating. But something I always, always, always redirected my thoughts to when I would get frustrated and I would think, I should just do this on my own. I don't I don't need to bring more people in. I don't need to hire more people. I don't need more help. I would always recenter myself with this quote. Great things in business are never done by one person. They're done by a team of people. And any business that you look at, any great um, successes or accomplishments that you've ever seen, championships, um, you know, company growth, sporting events, it's all done by a team, people playing the roles that they're meant to play and doing it together. So make sure that when you're building a team, you're building a team that's going to help you create your dream. Thank you so much for joining me, Episode 8 of Bald Business. I'm your host, Michael Budenseek. Find me on LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Michael B. Life. It's Michael, the letter B, L-I-F-E. Always remember, small steps lead to 